Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Everything Went Black podcast. Today's guest is Mike Paparo from the band Interarma. But before we get to that, I'd just like to thank everyone who's been uh, checking out the podcast and leaving reviews and comments in the iTunes section. Please continue to do so since it helps the uh, ranking of the podcast. Before we get going, I just want to run through the affiliate sponsors. Uh, my favorite is Onnit. Use their products every day. Datsusara. Use their stuff every single day. Of course, Savage Gold Coffee. My coffee company. I drink the coffee every single day. This is the same mic that... Uh, you ever see some kind of monster? That Metallica documentary? Yeah, yeah. Next time you watch it, notice what microphone James Hetfield's singing through. <laughs> okay. It's one of these fucking mics. <laughs> like, they look real cool and everything, you know? But yeah. that's what he's singing through. He's actually... Going handheld with this. Oh man, he doesn't have an. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that now. I was like, yeah, God, it. Hey, is a train. Were you ever a Metallica fan? Yeah, I mean, not obviously their their later material. I I only like the later stuff. No, really, no. no. I mean, hey, Paul Delaney from Black Anvil fucking celebrates their entire shit. (laughs) That dude will back them to the death, man. No, I I liked. I love old Metallica a lot. Everything, everything up until. Injustice for All, and I like Injustice for All quite a bit too. But everything after that, I don't. When Injustice for All came out, um, I thought that was like the future of music, man. I mean, yeah, it didn't even dawn on me the whole all the criticisms about you know no, there being no bass. Mm-hmm. I didn't even consider that until like years later when yeah. I started listening to it again. Mm-hmm. But I thought like the songwriting on that was you know pretty fucking amazing, really. It's awesome, and it's like in a lot of ways, I think that opened the doors for you know bands like dream theater and you know, mm-hmm. things that came later that were like more progressive sounding you know yeah it totally makes sense yeah definitely you, you ever listen to dream theater no uh-uh. it's an acquired taste for a lot yeah. of people <laughs> <laughs> i think i gave it a shot when i was young and then i was like nah it's not for me i also don't play any kind of instruments so it really has no appeal to me it's oh, just yeah. like yeah i can barely play guitar and i can barely play drums so i'm kind of like <laughs> So yeah, so there's really like you know no no reason to marvel at the the yeah. you know blazing riffs and yeah. intense drumming on those records. <laughs> All right, so you guys are on tour. Um, just started, right? Yep. So how many how many days out are you guys right now? This is this will be our third show. We've, this is the fourth day we've been out. Okay, and, and it's yeah. you guys. And what's the story? Withered apparently is not playing tonight, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the drummer uh, broke his collarbone. They're gonna. They're gonna supposed to hit back up with us in Chicago, but unfortunately, they're gonna have to drop all the shows until then. So that sucks, but just kind of making the best of it. And I was really looking forward to seeing them tonight, but uh, you know these things happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, Piron is playing as well. Yeah, and uh, I've had Doug on the podcast a couple times. And mm-hmm. He's like a good friend, and definitely I haven't seen those guys play probably in over a year. Mm-hmm. So um, you know tonight will be really fun, I think. And they added another band to the bill, right? Yeah, it's a band from Boston called Coagula. Yeah, I'm not familiar with them. So the new record, um, where did you guys record it? Because I just I just got a like a, a download like yeah. earlier last week, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I've been running it over the course of the week, and uh, you know it sounds awesome. By the way, it's a great record. Thank you, thank you. And the songwriting is really cool. And uh, so where, where did you guys record that record? Uh, we recorded it uh, Dark Art Audio. Madison, Tennessee, with this guy named Mikey Allred. I mean, it's a guy who's actually recorded the Cavern. He recorded Sky Burial too. Okay. Uh, we just keep going to him because he he knows what we want to do and doesn't 
yeah, he's just great. He's got a great ear, and you know, he lets us do all the outlandish stuff we want to do. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got a real sinister vibe, man. Yeah, because I, you know, been running it over the course of the we're week. a really moody band. I sometimes I feel like that gets lost on people, but for me, like the the music's really moody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it kind of fluctuates between you know some pretty uh, you know there's a lot of like kind of. I would say like I'm not gonna say doom riffs in there, but there's mm-hmm. there's definitely like fast drums and slow guitar riffs, kind of. We're all huge fans of that. Yeah, I love that. Like I love listening to a band and they'll play a slow riff and play a blast beat under it. And like like for instance, Ulcerate. Yeah, really mm-hmm. good at doing that kind of thing. And there's a couple other bands too, but like I love it. I love I love the the juxtaposition of that. And I remember the first song we ever kind of wrote like that was uh was that song Survival Fires and Sky Burial. So was, you know, they had this, this this almost chugging kind of riff, and then he started playing blasties. But I was like, "Yes, that's that's awesome! Like that's that sounds cool. I love that." Actually, the first record that comes to mind that really hooked me into that style was uh, "Gateways to Annihilation" by uh, Yes, by, yeah. by Morbid Angel. It's a really super underrated Morbid Angel record. I, I like probably listen to that record just as much as I listen to Alters of Madness. And, uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, Tucker's back in the band from right here. That's what. Yeah, I saw that there. I guess they're playing Death Fest or whatever with uh, Tucker on bass. Yeah. But yeah. that was uh, when that record came out. Um, that was like, I'm like, wow, this is like, first of all, really heavy, mm-hmm. and uh, the tr- fucking Pete Sandoval's playing like a million miles a minute. And yeah. The riffs are just these like kind of yeah, you know, slowed down, down tuned. That's a know. big favorite, and that's one of like the few like. We don't listen to a lot of metal in the van for the most part, but like that's one of the records that we'll put on every once in a while. Like yeah. we all are really big fans of that record, and I think it, like, when it, it came out, people fucking hated it. I do remember that. Like people just, this is terrible. I don't like this. And I was like, no, we were. I like this record a lot. I saw them on that tour. They they played in this uh, this place out in Queens called the Voodoo Lounge, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a night off on the uh, I think it was the Pantera tour. Yeah, and um. It was they had a the show at the small club and it was like you know about seven or eight other bands and then Morbid Angel played and it was a Monday night and uh, <laughs> of course you know they went out super late yeah and um, they just fucking crushed it man you know Tucker that's why I think I like Tucker because I saw him in like a small club because mm-hmm. the other I times, like Steve Tucker I like him oh like, yeah yeah dude. I don't have a problem with with him yeah you know the other but the other times I've seen Morbid Angel have been in like larger venues so yeah they had that more of an intimate feel but. The, the funny thing about that show was even though they were playing this like small club, they had like the fans set up in the front of the stage too. <laughs> Which you know, have you ever thought about playing with a fan on you? No, hell no. You know, I I just I thought about it because I, I sweat a lot, dude. Yeah. I mean, you've seen me on stage. I really yeah. I sweat quite a bit. Yeah. And um, I think it'd be kind of cool to have a uh, a little fan blowing on me all night. <laughs> I don't know. I have so much damn hair though. I feel like. I feel like if I had a fan in front of me and it was blowing my, I would just keep swallowing my hair, like puking all over the fucking place or something like that. But uh, I guess, but, you know. Yeah, but I, I think I might try that out. Maybe like, <laughs> like roll it out on the next tour, whenever that is. Yeah. Just have like a fan blowing on me while we're playing. You know, I think it might help. Sometimes out. I wish I there was like an air conditioner right beside me or something when we're playing. <laughs> Tonight, it's funny. Tonight's show at St. Vitus, and which is. Uh, Thank, thank goodness Vitus exists in New York City now because there was a, a dark period a few years ago when there really weren't any venues of that size where, you know, 
you guys would play or we would play or, yeah you know and um it was like uh you know beggars can't be choosers kind of vibe and there was shows at this place called uh uh union pool mm-hmm. which literally fit 80 people in it yeah and, we played uh, there a couple of times yeah 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 is that bastard sapling or interarmor interarmor played there a couple of times yeah kind of a cool setup with that little fire pit outside yeah but kind of a bad scene as the night progressed because of the quality of people that <laughs> would hang out in the in the front bar area yeah and the the worst part about that is like to go to the show you actually had to walk through all your that. way through all these people and to use the restrooms and all that sort of stuff you had to go and mingle with all these jackasses that go to that place yeah we we played there once it was like a, for a CMJ kind of thing so we had to encounter all that and that I think something something interesting happened that night but I can't remember what the hell it was at this point yeah. they was, stopped doing metal shows there really um there was like uh I think in the last few months, uh, Kid Congo Powers played there, and I wanted to go to the show, but it came and went. But I actually mm-hmm. saw him in Philly, so that was cool. Cool. But, uh, but yeah, it was, um, you know, well, that's what I'm saying, man. It's a good thing that that place exists. Yeah. Apparently, the Acheron's shutting down. Yeah. 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 On Facebook, I saw this thing about it. Yeah, insurance reasons, I guess, which sucks, because the Acheron's cool, too. Yeah. It was just there last night, and they were, you know, they were counting down, I guess. That sucks. But at least Vitus is there. Vitus yeah. is cool, and the people who run it are cool. It's yeah, fun. definitely. You know, I remember when that place opened up a few years ago. Um, I actually had my doubts about it because of the location. Because mm-hmm. it's, for anyone who's not familiar with New York City, or Brooklyn specifically, uh, St. Vitus is located in a neighborhood called Greenpoint, which um, not the easiest neighborhood to get to for some people. Uh, and they're located like way, way down at the end of uh, the main drag. And I was just like, man, I don't know about this place. Like, I don't think anyone's going to come out here. But over the years, it turned out to be like, you know, I, you know, a lot of a lot of like huge bands have played there. I've done like two night two nights in a row or something like yeah. that. Like, I hate God played there, you know, not too long ago. Carcass, yeah, you know, Carcass. They did that Nirvana thing there too, didn't they? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know back that man, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Are you, are you, but I know have, that was like a big thing though. Yeah, it was like some post show kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I gotta be honest with you, man. I was never really a big Nirvana fan. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, the band I liked from that era was uh, was Mudhoney. Yeah, I always thought they were a lot, a lot cooler than Nirvana. You I know? don't know enough about Mudhoney. I've heard him before. You know, I've listened to him. You know, uh, here and there, and you know, I've heard them played in the background. But I don't. Not a big fan of grunge, really. Huh? See, I, I see. I feel what you're saying, man. But like, for um. A period of time in like because you know i'm a little, you know substantially older than you actually yeah. and uh in the early 90s uh that was like kind of like the new punk rock in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and uh a lot of those early bands like the cows uh you know mud honey the jesus lizard you know helmet surgery yeah. like all those bands were kind of like you know the next step from listening to like black flag and you know mm-hmm. You know, the Melvins, you know, yeah. to some extent. I love the Melvins, and I love, like, Jesus Lizard and you know, Glazed Baby and things like oh, that. Oh, dude. But, yeah. You know about Glazed Baby? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but, like, I like that stuff. The grunge, like, I don't, I, I was never a big Nirvana fan. Yeah. Was, you ever check out Tad? Yeah, ne- never really a big Tad fan. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like Tad. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, didn't you, you and I actually met, like, a long time ago. I booked a show for Anodyne. When I was a kid, 
You guys terrified me. And where was that? Blacksburg, Virginia. I remember, I don't remember anything about the show. Yeah. But I remember Blacksburg, Virginia showing up on a, a sheet of paper that I had with yeah. tour dates on it. And uh, I think Al- Alexander booked it, right? From uh, from Lick Golden Sky, who had that book. I, I believe company. so, yeah. It, that sounds right, yeah. And you guys were on tour at the Minor Times or something. Yeah, yeah, that was like... My old band was supposed to play, but I, we didn't play for some reason. And no other band would play except for some, like, white belt, tight jeans, like, thing. That was real popular at that time, yeah. I remember you guys showed up and it was just like, these guys look like they're going to kill us. Like, <laughs> And then, because the Minor Times were like the preppiest, like... Yeah. They were just like, you know... Nice like, guys, yeah, but, you know... Yeah, but, man... Yeah, I was like, these guys are like two of them are wearing I hate God shirts. They look like they're gonna fucking murder us. Like, <laughs> who are these people? And then there was some some there was some kind of weird crowd interaction going on. At the show? Yeah, like like when you guys were playing, like I remember because it was at a fucking sports bar. This is a sports bar in Blacksbury called Champs. And uh I don't know, there was a bunch of just doofuses there and like there was some kid, I can't remember what the hell was going on, but like I believe there was some spit involved or something like that, and like where you get you, one of you guys that got kind of got up and it was like was just super intimidating. I was like, "This is cool. I like this." Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, in that time frame, I remember that tour. Uh, also, Ed Gein joined up. There was like a sort of back to back tour thing going on around that time. It was like we were out with the Minor Times, mm-hmm. and then the, us, the Minor Times, and Ed Gein played a show together, and then the Minor Times went back to Philly, and then we continued on with Ed Gein. Yeah. And Ed Gein, I like quite. I've always mm-hmm. thought they were great. I, I'm still really good friends with, with those guys, especially Jesse, the drummer. Mm-hmm. He does uh, Recess Coffee, like up in Syracuse. And, oh, you know, cool. My coffee business and his business are pretty closely intertwined right now. They also played in Blacksburg a couple times, too. Ed Gein. I remember seeing them. I think one of my older fans even played with them once, if I'm, rem- if I'm recalling correctly. That yeah. was like, I'm trying to. I must have a written, I must have written about it in my journal somewhere. But I have to dig that up because I remember there was a bunch of these weird towns. Yeah. That it wasn't like Baltimore and Richmond. Yeah. It was like these bizarre towns. Well, Blacksburg that- had this really cool like DIY punk scene for a, for a while, and like they had this place, the Solar House, down there, and uh, they booked shows down there constantly. And it, there was an accident. It ended up being an accident, the Sol- an accident at the Solar House, mm-hmm. and things stopped. But for a long time, like a lot of bands would, would come through there, and there was a, there was like one of those like early two thousand screamo bands that was down there, like super DIY. They toured constantly. I remember like that guy would bring bands down there, const- you know, consistently all the time. There was just shows going on down there. Way I'm from the Roanoke area, and there was way more shows going down in Blacksburg than there was in the Roanoke area. The Roanoke area is just like new metal hell, stuff like that, street punk. And I don't like any of that stuff, so it's kind of like, ugh. yeah, it's kind of funny how new metal was like that was the the tail end of that and it wouldn't quite except in Roanoke where it went on for like another five years <laughs> dude actually on uh, I think maybe the first or second Anodyne tour we were we played in St. Louis with um this uh I was like a, a new metal bill basically oh man and the big claim to fame was this, the headlining band the singer was like in uh in like fucking Slipknot originally or something like that <sighs> yeah that was a dark, dark period in music, man. <laughs> it was a pretty terrible point in music. Not that it's gotten much better, but man, that was a real, real bummer of a time. Do you um, you know what record though kind of kicked off a lot of that that I actually enjoy though is the Roots record by Sepultura. I don't Do know you? If, yeah, I don't I'm not a big fan that. of that one. No, I love Sepultura. Is 
absolutely one of my favorite bands and Chaos AD and everything before that I'd like a lot. And I still will rep the hell out of Chaos yeah, AD. Totally. But after I didn't I never really liked Roots that much. You know, Arise, you know, Beneath the Remains, Schizophrenia, those yeah. are solid like thrash albums. And but the thing was when I first heard Roots, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't thinking about new metal. Yeah. I was thinking about like I formulated this story in my head about how when Sepultura might have played with Neurosis on like one of those Ozfest dates, how they might have taken that influence and incorporated it into their music. TJ, TJ, and I, I, I think have had discussions exactly like that. Really? Like, yeah. There was always stuff beforehand, but then it really got kind of, you know, like especially with Roots. Definitely, I could totally see that. It would totally make sense too. I mean, Neurosis were touring at that point. What, 300 days a year or something yeah. nonsense like that? Yeah, they were always on the road. And that yeah. was like the Through Silver and Blood era, I think. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, that comes to, you know, another another show comes to mind with like uh, Neurosis played. When I was living in Boston, Neurosis played in um, the Middle East downstairs with uh, I Hate God and Dead and Gone. Okay. You ever check out Dead and Gone? No, nah, I never heard of them. I recommend them. Okay, yeah. cool. Definitely recommend them. They're uh, a pretty ob- obscure band, I would say. However, some of the guys in that band have gone on to do other things. Which um, this band, Alaric, which is the one uh, from San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Okay. That band's great. Yeah, the singer, the singer from that band. Okay, is was in Dead and Gone. Okay, cool. I like yeah. that band a lot. Yeah, the guitar player from Dead and Gone did a band with uh, the dude from Angel Hair and uh, GSL Records uh, called Year Year Future. I've never heard of that either. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like, um, you know, sort of like you know, post punk. I mean, I'm, I'm, what's coming to mind is the way they describe it, but I don't really agree with the way they describe it. Like on like the descriptions when you go to like a record mm-hmm. catalog, they say like Dead Kennedys meets Joy Division or something like that, <laughs> which to me sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. What the hell does that even sound like? And then, I don't even think they sound that way. It's like, you know, it's it's like. Uh, I would say definitely a post-punk influence. But anyway, Dead and Gone actually had a similar vibe, but they were like a little bit more raw sounding. But um, Neurosis played, that was like the greatest show I'd ever seen like mm-hmm. them play. And I Hate God went on before them, and that was the greatest I Hate God show I'd ever seen. Really? Yeah. And it was like, That's awesome. When I Hate God was playing, I'd almost like, I was like, man, this is like great. Like Mike was like smashing bottles, and like <laughs> they were like, everyone was going nuts. And, uh, you know, it was like it had this real, real like violent, like sort of undertone to the whole thing where like, you know, you kind mm-hmm. of felt like something was going to happen. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, shit, Neurosis is going on next after these guys are done playing. And I was like, man, I hope, you know, I hope they fucking, this is like, I don't know how anyone's going to top this. You know? Yeah. But then like Neurosis came on and I <laughs> forgot that I got even played, man. It was like, you know, fucking amazing. And that was the, the greatest time I'd ever seen him play. And that was yeah. like 90, 97 or something like that. Yeah, I didn't see them until later. I didn't I didn't really see them until I didn't see them until they stopped touring like continuously. Yeah. Because I'm a little bit younger and I just didn't have access to anything like that. I knew I knew of them, you know, like I had listened to their records a million times like when I was young in high school and stuff like that. They were they were the game changer for me. Like if any band was a game changer for me, like them. Like and when I finally saw them live, I was like, This is just insane. Like and they're just, they're so intense. I like intense music, so it's kind of yeah. they they're the kings of that. Oh, totally, man. I think that's it's funny that that's a band that I think is going to go down in history. Is like 
the band that changed like a lot of people's like perception of what music can yeah. be, you know. I I loved metal and stuff like that and I liked hardcore and things like that. But then when I neurosis kind of just like bam, like holy shit. This is what I've always wanted music to sound like, I guess. <laughs> so like growing up in a town like Roanoke, um I've been there. I didn't actually grow up in Roanoke. I grew up in Daleville. It's a town, small town about 25 minutes outside of Roanoke. So, so like, kind of small town vibe? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But was there a lot of music going on there? Absolutely nothing. There was a there was a ska, like a punk ska band from my high school that ended up getting signed to a record label. But they, those kids were older than me, and after that, there was nothing. There was just literally nothing. Just rednecks, trucks, stuff like that. It's like a real Christian vibe down there, Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone was real churchy, except for my family. Which was cool. <laughs> so, like, what turned you on to, like, you know, punk and hardcore and metal and all that stuff, sort of stuff? I got into metal first, and um, I've always been attracted to just blasphemy, really. I don't know why. I just, I was always just kind of things like that. And I've, I was always attracted to just, like, even in art. Like, I, if, I, if I looked at art, even when I was a little kid, if I looked at art, I just wanted to see something insane. Like, I wanted to see something, you know, something that depicted, you know, like, it would always look like look at old like religious you know stuff and you know oh man that guy's you know the spear going in the you know yeah. guy's rib or something like that and I was always like that's cool you know I don't and I have no idea why I still to this day don't know but it was just kind of like a natural pro- progression then I started seeing like metal album covers like I gotta know what that's about like I have to know what that's about and even when I started I was really young when I first started getting into it and I was just kind of like. I don't even know if I really liked the music at the point. I just liked what the freaking album cover. I remember getting like a cassette tape of In the Nightside Eclipse, and I was really young. I remember just like, this is the coolest album cover. And it has something about Satan on the back, you know? <laughs> so I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I have to have this. And I remember putting it in the tape player and just, just, nope. Threw that in the closet. You weren't into it. Yeah. Because it was yeah. too lo-fi sounding yeah, all, at the time. All kinds of stuff like that. And I would throw it in the closet. And then when I was a little bit older, I'd found, you know, I'd go back in my closet. I'm like, oh, yeah, this tape. I put it in. It's like, wow, that's really awesome. You know, cool. It's funny how that happens, man. Cause yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I got into black metal pretty early. Um, I remember I, I read an article about it, how they were killing people and burning yeah. churches down and the whole thing. With Probably one of those old Kerrang articles or something like that, that. Yeah, the shock pieces or whatever. Yeah, it was like my old band, not Anodyne, like a band before that. Uh, we were on tour and we went to the record label's office and there was like all these magazines. Yeah. So we grabbed these magazines and uh, one of them, I think it might have been a Kerrang or something, it had like this huge expose about, yeah. you know, this Some shock piece, black yeah. metal, you know, thing. And, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool, man. It's like, you know, influenced by Celtic Frost and Venom and, you know, yeah. Bathory. And, like, those are all bands. I mean, you know, Venom and Celtic Frost are, like, bands I listened to when I was in high school, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, local metal station, like, the college station would play. Yeah. Metal Shop or whatever. It was, like, you know, I that didn't, kind of I music. didn't really have any of that stuff. It was so out. I was, it was so, like, Roanoke, there was, uh, Suppression was down in Roanoke. Oh, yeah, I know, I know those. Yeah, and Jason yeah. Hodges was, was booking bands down in Roanoke for the whole time. Like, yeah. his hero's gone and, uh, Black Army Jacket and so yeah. so on and so forth, but I was so I was still too young to even get down there. Right, like, I, I could never even even if I wanted to. I would be like, "Hey, mom, you want to take me to the Black Army Jacket show at some <laughs> sketchball restaurant?" No, you know that was not going to happen. So I had to kind of find things my own way, and I just would always seek out stuff. And there was this kid in my high school. We ended up being in a band later. I haven't talked to him in years. He's kind of a weirdo, but 
he would just come to school wearing the gnarliest shit. Like, I remember specifically, he came to school wearing this, I was probably a sophomore in high school, and like, this impaled Nazarene motor penis shirt. In the back, it said something ridiculous, like, alcoholic, nuclear, motor penis, metal, or some some shit. I was like, I have to know what that's about. Yeah. And it's funny, because I, I love old impaled Nazarene so yeah. much, and like, things like that, and so I, I'd always kind of like watch to see what he and he was an asshole. Like the kid was such an asshole. Like he didn't want to talk to you about any of it. He was like, he was a junior in high school. And was this elitist because he was the only kid around. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't want to tell you about that. Fuck you. You know, but because he, he probably had to go through some shit to get all. Yeah, stuff, exactly, exactly. You know? Yeah. So, I think that's missing in today's world, really. Yeah, I, I tape traded and stuff like that even too. I feel like I was like one of the absolute last people to probably. even be involved with that kind of stuff. And then it turned into CDR trading. And yep. I did that until mid two thousands probably, and then I, then you know MP threes kind of took over and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that that is like something that um, is no longer like the sort of like the earning of these things, like being able to go out and actually yeah. seek things out. Now you can just like order it on iTunes or yeah, exactly. Like download it for free somewhere or you know yeah, it's like someone gives it to you on a thumb drive or something like that the catalogs too I remember like you know you get those old relapse catalogs or even Century Media or whatever and you know Osmos or something you know and you have them oh I need to hear this this sounds bizarre you know the descriptions I would I would when I was a kid when I started working I didn't have a car or anything I was just spending all my money on CDs and records and stuff yeah. like that my mom had a record player so I could buy records too and records were dirt cheap when I started buying them isn't that crazy how records now are, I mean, you go buy an LP, it's like at least $20. Yeah. And you used yeah. to be able to buy records for like 10 bucks, nine, oh, yeah. five, well, or whatever. Yeah. When I started buying records, was I was mid to late 90s, and it was like, man, you could, dude, they were just giving them away. Like, I remember like buying stuff from like Relapse back in the day, and like you would get these seven inches or whatever, you know, buy, and they would put other records in there too. Yeah. The records were nothing. Like, no one was buying them. Everyone was crazy about CDs, and they... Mm-hmm. They had enhanced CDs and all that kind of stuff. Oh, there's a video on this one. I have to have this. So, yeah. You know, I put out a um, a discography of, for Black Army Jack. I don't know if you knew that or not. Like, no, I, I didn't know that. I used, that, to no. run, I used to have like a label I did back you know years ago. Yeah. It was an enhanced CD too. Really? <laughs> yeah, it, had, it had like two like really low quality videos yeah. on there. I mean, no offense to anything. I yeah. have tons of that kind of no, stuff. No, no. This yeah. stuff's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. that. I just thought it was funny. You know? Yeah. But it was like, I'm trying to, like I'm like, you know. Like, how am I going to, what can I do to sell these, some more of these things, man? <laughs> I don't know. I'll put some fucking shitty, like, low quality fucking videotape. Yeah. That was a rage for a while, I know. Yeah. Enhanced CDs. <laughs> yeah, it's funny now. And, like, now records are, like, way back. It's Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like, cool. I like it, but, yeah. I like it, too, man, because there's nothing better than, like, the the, the actual ritualistic you know, oh, I'm exactly, like, I'm a fucking nerd. I cannot get rid of my music. And there are certain bands, super obscure bands that I love that are just dollar bin crap. And every once in a while, I'll just buy it, even if I have a copy of it, just because I can't let it sit there. And then I'll give it to somebody I know that I think would like it. Like, I, I do that kind of stuff every once in a while. Like, a band a band that I, I really dig, but it's just dollar bin fodder is like, Thoughts of Ionesco. You remember that band? Yeah, I'm, yeah, totally. Yeah, I really did that band, and I don't really know why, but I love them. But that you can find that dude. They're fifty cent records, dollar records, some places, man. And yeah, that's one of those kind of like. But I'm just crazy. I'm completely insane. So it's like, I can't. I have a hard time getting rid of music too. Like, 
even if I haven't listened to it in years or don't even really have much of an attachment to it. I'm just like, I don't know if I can get rid of this. Yeah, I'm I'm getting better about that just because um, I've gotten a little bit better, but you know, still like it's uh it's it's for me it's hard to get rid of stuff like that. Yeah. You know, even CDs. Like I have I don't even really have a CD player. I just rip everything to MP3. I'll still buy CDs if there's not a vinyl option. Like um, like absolutely we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I do the same, you know, yeah. but but I'm like you know, there's like tons of bands that I'm like, man, do I when's when am I going to fucking put this CD into a CD player? And I still just can't sell the fucking CDs, man. Yeah. Like those Morbid Angel CDs. The yeah. Morbid Angel, all the stuff on AmRep that I have. Because mm-hmm. that shit, you'll never find any of that stuff. No. Stuff on AmRep, yeah. Reptile. No, you won't. Anywhere, I mean, that, really. that shit is gone forever, yeah. man. You know? And I have some of that, you know, a lot of that I have on vinyl. And mm-hmm. do you ever, Have you seen that documentary about AmRep? Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I did. I saw it in Richmond. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. You know what? I remember when we were down there in January, I saw flyers for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that was that was great, man. I thought it was awesome. It was it, it, it was very be. extensive. It yeah. was exhaustive. Like we were watching it. Uh, Michael Dimmitt from Mutilation Rights had something to do with it, and like he was like, "Hey, c- please come watch this." So I did, and I I like some Amrap bands too. So, but it was it was exhaustive, and it was like, "Wow, this is man, this is they really did some hard work on this." Yeah, like they're they're digging up stuff too that I've never even heard of. Like I had no idea. Like I don't even know what that is. Like oh, I can't remember. What, one of the bands was like, man, I've never even heard of that. Like those Australian bands, like King Snake Roost and like, you know, yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Cosmic Psychos and all that. Mm hmm. Yeah. I have all those records, dude. <laughs> if you ever want, and I, I might even have some of those on CD, actually. Cool. You know, the God Bullies, like that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That, that's, that was my shit in the early 90s, man. That's where a lot, like, you know, that was right before I started doing that band Anodyne. Mm-hmm. It was like, that was like that and like, Black Sabbath and fucking, you know, dead yeah. guy. <laughs> I found like all that stuff seemed to me to be very common, you know. Yeah. But I've seen that. Do- I've watched that documentary like three or four times. Really? Already, dude. Yeah. That's cool. Because there's like. Um, I, need, I, I really need to go sit back and rewatch it, I think. Because I, I feel like I, I feel like it was so long that I missed things. I need to yeah. like go back and like kind of watch it again. Yeah. I have a, a copy on I bought a copy on iTunes actually. So I like fucking rock that every now and then if I'm bored, put it on. You can buy movies on iTunes. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm not very uh, technologically inclined. I didn't. I really, honestly, didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, man. It's actually uh, if you want, and, and they're not even that expensive either. They're like they're like yeah. you know nine ninety nine. Oh, okay, cool. It's like it's not if you buy a CD yeah. or a DVD rather, it's like eighteen bucks or whatever. Yeah. You know, and like there are some D- DVDs out there or Blu-rays or whatever that are cool because they have all the extra shit on them. Like, yeah. You know, I love you know fucking huge horror horror guy mm-hmm. so like you know every now and then they'll repackage like night of living dead or something yeah you know they've repackaged and resold me that same fucking movie i don't know how many different versions of that fucking <laughs> movie i have because it's like oh well, this one has the interview with yeah. the fucking guy who was this guy who yeah. drove the van for the fucking dude or whatever <laughs> so it's like that shit is like you know you i'll buy it over and over again yeah if you put a new cover on it and you add like another extra i'll get it <laughs> You know, but, I'm I'm with that. I'm I'm not much of a movie fan. I, in all honesty, I really like stupid movies. I like watching stuff that I don't have to think anything about. I know that's kind of silly. I know some people are just like, man, I can't believe that, but I really am truly like that. But with music, there's certain there's certain bands where like if you put a box set out, I'm gonna buy it. Oh yeah, totally. Like, man. I have to have, I have to have the booklet with the pictures of the flyers yeah. and shows mm-hmm. I you know, I was not even born for or you know whatever you know I just I, I'm I'm kind of obsessive like that. 
Yeah, there's some nice packages out there, man. Did you did you check out that Hellhammer like demo uh, thing that came out a no, number, number of years ago? That was pretty sweet, man. It's the, like a triple LP. Like I think the last box set I bought was that Demolik box set. Because I'm a huge Demolik fan. That's pretty solid. Yeah. First time I ever went to a Death Fest was because Demolik was playing. I just have been obsessed with that band since I was a kid. I think uh, eventually, well, not eventually, but pretty soon, I'm going to be picking up that Neurosis box set. That's going to, that's, uh, I think it's available now, right? Yeah. I want to pick that up too. It's really expensive, but, and I have all those records. <laughs> so part of me is just yeah, like, do yeah, I need man. this? Do I need this? And I'm like, yeah, I need this. Yeah, I need this. But it's, yeah. I think I, I still, actually, I, I have some of those on CD. Yeah. Like some of them I don't have on vinyl. And that would be nice to have them on vinyl. Mm hmm. You know, because the CDs, I have them, you know? I yeah, have, like, I have the CDs and and the records. Yeah. Because for a long time, when when I had a car, it was, like, my CD player. So I was, like, I would buy CDs and records. I'd have the records at yeah. home and have the CDs in the car, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. totally. But I think that one's, that one's something gonna, we're going to be checking out. We're looking into picking that up. But, yeah, box sets are pretty rad. But uh, that's what I mean. Getting back to iTunes, it's, like, if you just literally just want the movie or the music and you don't yeah. care about the packaging. I love it, man. Yeah. You know, there, there are bands out there. I don't really, I just want the music sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, like some stuff I just want to try out maybe. That's exact. That's exact. I'll download something to, to, to check it out. And if, and if I like it, I'll go buy it. Like I'm not like a, one of those people. It's like, ah, oh, I can't, I can't fucking download something. You know, you know what I mean? Like I'll download something, but you know, most of the time, and most of the time, I'm only downloading something where I think I might even be interested, anyways. Yeah, so totally. it's, yeah. But so. I mean, the kind of wild west days of downloading things for free is kind of over with, really. I mean, yeah, it's like not it's not as easy. Let's let me rephrase that. It's not as easy as it used to be. No, like Soul Seek's still around. Yeah, that's still the wild west, I guess. But yeah, yeah. But back a few years ago, all you'd have to do is like pull up a Google search and be like, Oh you know, yeah. The, the blog spots and things like that. Yeah, then just like, it, yeah. it would just be every, everything. Yeah. And, and that was cool because there was some, like some seriously obscure stuff that I didn't even, I would never, so many find. demos. There was so many, I, I, I had a hard time. Like when that thing was, when that whole phase or, you know, thing was going on, I had a whole, I had a really hard time downloading things that were really readily available. But then the nerds and, all the geeks started getting on there and putting demos and ripping yeah. all their and I was like, that's when I was like, yes, this is cool. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's uh, you know, like like Vaughn was a band that mm -hmm. for a long time you couldn't find those recordings anywhere. Any anywhere, yeah. You know, and that was strictly you. You could out find there. like you could find like you know third or fourth generation cassette tapes. Was it Nuclear War Now? Yeah, was the first people were the first people to like kind of re-release it. I think. Yes, maybe yeah. I'm yeah. Have you heard that uh, the the post Vaughn band that band Six? Have you checked that out? No, uh, -uh. it's pr it's pretty cool. It's like a, is it really? It's like a death rock band that they did after after Vaughn disbanded. And, That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's just like you know, kind of like, check that out. Yeah, you know, Sisters of Mercy kind of thing. You know, a Christian death kind of thing. yeah, but like super still very repetitive. Like Vaughn, you know, Vaughn's like just repetitive. Oh yeah, like one or two. It riffs. is it is bare bones. Yeah, <laughs> and uh. But yeah, that's um, that was pretty cool. It's a cool record. I, I think the Nuclear War Now did put something out. It was called like. I have this. I have the CD, and I, I think, but I think it was like the first official release of it. Maybe of all the demos, maybe it's called like Satanic Blood Angel, and it's yeah. got like that. Yeah. The artwork, yeah, yeah. I still have that somewhere. I think the only way I was able to get the Vaughn demo was was as like like a dark funeral thing. It was like 
a split CD with like obviously a bootleg. Yeah, yeah. Like a split CD with like Dark Dark Funeral and Vaughn. Yeah. That was the only way I could find it. <laughs> and I don't even like Dark Funeral. Oh, I, God. I bought it anyway. Yeah. yeah. But the, on that, they did Madame Bathory. They did a cover of that song. Um, Dark Funeral did. Oh, really? So I, didn't see, of, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that was kind of cool. That was the only, the only song I liked by them was the cover. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm not a big Dark Funeral fan at all. Man, they have like 12 records. I think they've written the same one every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, similar to you, I was a, first a metal fan. Mm-hmm. But did you ever, you ever get into hardcore and that kind of stuff? I went through this phase um, where I liked really tough guy hardcore. And I look back on it now and it's just like, I can't believe that happened. But luckily for me, because of my age, it helped me miss, it helped me miss new metal. Whereas a lot of people that I knew my age got new metal and stuff yeah. like that. Like I miss that completely because hardcore was like, no, fuck, this is garbage, you know? And the same thing is like, in some of those tough guy hardcore bands, is it really any difference than a new metal band? I think about it. It's the same dumb shit, but I got in a, punk was like a little later thing for me. I always, there was a, there was a couple of bands that I always really, really liked. I always really liked Black Flag and I always really liked, uh, um, Dead Kennedys. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of, but that was kind of the extent, you know, I was like, I didn't really know much, too much about that. And I really, punk kind of clicked with me when I moved to Richmond. Okay, yeah, it was Richmond. Like, I moved to Richmond in 2006 and that was like the heyday of like Wasted Time and Government Warning and like Direct Control. And like those bands were just killing it. Just, they were playing all the time and they were just, they were awesome. Wasted Time was my, my favorite in particular. And like, so I'll go to those shows and then all the other bands would come back through and then, you know, you start figuring out, all oh, these bands are just kind of ripping off 80s bands. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, negative approach. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. You know, this sounds crazy. Yeah, stuff like that. So I didn't get, yeah, I didn't really get into punk until I was like later. Yeah, you see. Early 20s, I guess. I could see that. It's kind of cool how that happens. Though. Yeah. Was like, with, I was the same way, man. Like, I was way more into like, you know, yeah. like, you know, rock, heavy rock and mm-hmm. metal. And then I heard like the Ramones. Yeah, and then for like solidly like a few years, all I didn't listen to any metal. Yeah, but then like when Slayer came out, that's when I got back into metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I liked, you know, there were certain bands that that I liked, and it, I guess it was because I was like I was a fanatic when I was younger too about checking um, thanks list and things like this. I, I should have just talked with Fred Pissar about this yesterday. I was like fanatic, and like you would you would open up records and stuff like that, and you would see certain punk bands. Like there was always some kind of punk band. Like you, you would open up a blasphemy record, for instance, and like they were thinking Poison Idea, mm. you know. I was like, so I I checked the bands out that way, and I was like, okay. And uh, I like Power Violence because Suppression was from Roanoke, and I liked them, and that was some of the most extreme stuff totally. at that time that I'd ever heard. And so I I checked out a lot of stuff that way, but I didn't really get in like actual punk rock until like until a little bit later. Also, which, Metallica were always wearing like. Misfits and GBH t-shirts yeah. and stuff. I remember. Yeah, and I was like, "What's this stuff all about?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I like the Misfits and stuff like that. But GBH, I didn't even really hear until like five years ago. I'm like, ah, GBH is awesome shit. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. Man. Yeah, one of the few British punk bands I like actually. I mean, I'm not. I know like everyone, you know, tries to. You know, if there's any Brits out there listening to this, you guys got it all wrong about punk rock starting <laughs> in England. You know, it's started here in the. U.S. of fucking A, man. <laughs> That's patriotic. So, you know, it's we're at Fourth of July weekend, man. So or the week of after Fourth <laughs> of July. So I'm just being patriotic right now. But uh, but yeah, GBH is definitely like 
you know, them and like conflict and mm-hmm. you know, discharge and that kind of stuff. Crass. Like those are like the kind of British bands I got into. Yeah. But yeah, that's, um, it's funny how like, have you heard that band, uh, Panzer Bastard? Yeah. Um, we've, we've played with them a long, long time ago in Boston once. Yeah. Yeah. Keith's like a good friend of mine. I've known mm-hmm. that guy. He used to be in Wrecking Crew from. I love Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like a definitely. Balance of terror. Metal influenced heavily metal influenced like hardcore band mm-hmm. but it's like you know when P- keith is like one of those guys that i related to because uh he also he had you know agnostic front records he had black flag yeah. records but he had slayer he had you know venom records celtic frost and it all kind of like conglomerated together into this thing you mm-hmm. know it's like aggregate of all these different influences and stuff and i always thought that was like the kind of shit that i was into yeah yeah so how long is this tour that you guys are on it's about a month cool so it's full u.s yep yep right on man. all around doing a circle around the country missing florida it's probably a good thing this time of year man. oh man florida in july is the worst oof yeah so oof. how do you guys do like down in the south man like in general like because i know like you know you guys are based in richmond and mm-hmm. you, know, you guys is that a good region for you guys to play not nec- not particularly. Yeah, because it yeah. sucks for us. Too. Yeah, um, t- certain places are okay. Like, th- there's some like real diamonds in the rough for us in certain places. Like Atlanta is okay. Tallahassee, Florida has always been really good to us. Like places like there's some strange ones like that, but for the most part, it's not not so hot. I, yeah, like Miami. Miami's always been really killer to us. Oh yeah, Miami. Yeah, Miami is rad. But a lot of the rest of Florida is just kind of whatever. I love Miami. It's too bad that it's it's like all the way down at the other. You yep. Know, you got to go to this fucking end of yeah. the East Coast, basically. Yeah. To get there. I love it. It's the last time we played there. It was really fantastic, and um, we were on tour. The tour that we did that was like one of the best shows of the whole tour. The people are super nice down yeah. there, and it, it would be cool if like Miami and Jacksonville like switch places. Oh, it'd be amazing. You know, because like Jacksonville is one of the worst. Yeah. Sorry if you sorry if you're from Jacksonville. <laughs> that's why yeah, your town it, sucks man. for shows. And it's like if they could yeah. switch places with Jacksonville and yeah. Miami can now be in that location, that would be really cool. Yeah, that'd but, be awesome. That's unfortunate though. Yeah. But yeah, man. Like uh, the thing I like about Miami is like you you kind of feel like you're in a different country when you're down there. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. You. Yeah. It's it's great. It seems like there's culture there, and yeah. it's like, you know, in a lot of places in America, you know, in the United States, you go, and it's just like, man, there's nothing here. This is just America. This stinks, you know? But everyone down there is really nice, too. They're excited, you know? Yeah. On that uh, that 1349 tour we did back in January, mm-hmm. that was the first de- the first night was in, was in Miami. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It was like... That's a hell of a drive from here, man. Yeah, because we couldn't really play any shows on the way down because we were coming... Literally oh. that week, we were playing up. Yeah. So we, we started in Miami and worked our way up to just, East Coast. Just drove all the way down 95. Yeah. Just, Beautiful 95. And we, you know, we stopped at south of the border. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you guys have been there many times. Mm-hmm. And I bought a Fez when I was there. <laughs> and uh, that's like a fun place to... It's like... a. The best to go there in the middle of the night, which is when we we always hit that place. I've never been there in the middle of the night, but I bet, I bet that's a that's a strange place in the middle of the night. It's it is man because there's like, I bet the people it, watching there is really good. Yeah, it's like deserted, you know. Yeah, it's in it, it was in January, so it was like you know it wasn't really like a hot tourist time of year. Oh yeah, yeah. 
and uh I, it just has a creepy vibe with all these like weird that place is totally creepy it is it's like some kind of relic from like a past time yeah it's like a time exactly yeah exactly it's, it's it weird is. and it's like you go into a room and there's like a million sombreros in there and like like okay this is strange like is there anything else in here other than that no all right i'm gonna go to this other room most of that shit's open 24 hours too man. i didn't know that oh yeah oh man i, I kind of want to stop there and next time we drive through there in the middle of the night see what the hell is going on yeah these like statues are like these weird like reptiles and you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like like uh very uh you know it's like a you know, here's an alligator foot keychain or something yeah yeah but it's um it's a trip to do that and i've mm-hmm. been there like maybe three times over the years and it's yeah. uh it's definitely like like a fun stop on the way down if you're driving through in the middle of the night. <laughs> Only in the middle of the night because during the day, it's like there's people there. Oh, know? yeah. There's some great people in there during the day, too. But you'll see like some lurker, you know, because it's right off the right off yeah. the interstate there, you know. It's <laughs> like, you know, people are like, oh, what are you doing here at this hour? And yeah. He's like, what are you doing here at this hour? You know, I've weird. been staying in my Pontiac Grand Am for two weeks <laughs> in this parking lot. So uh, the West Coast, good for you guys? You like it out there? Yeah, for the most part, the West Coast is awesome. I love, I love it out there. Um, and it's, it's never. I mean, we've been out there a handful of times now. And there's some hit or miss places, obviously, but it's been pretty good for us. Yeah, cool. Um, you yeah. like the Northwest? Oh, the, yeah, that, that part of the country. I love Seattle. the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah, I like, man, the East Coast. Well, the Deep South is definitely my, my least favorite place. I like New Orleans a lot, but I don't like anything else in the Deep South for at all. Um, not to say I don't like playing shows or anything like that. I just don't like it. Just, I don't like the climate or anything. But I love Southwest, the West, Pacific Northwest. I, yeah. Yeah. I like traveling, so it's it's really awesome to see all that kind of stuff. New Orleans makes me nervous, man, whenever I'm there. Like, I, I was, love it. I it's still, it's well, sketchy. I mean, it's like, very it's, sketchy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so there, what's that place out there? The um, Siberia? Siberia, yeah. Yeah, it's not, not in the best neighborhood. No. <laughs> and, uh, Played there a handful of times. <clears throat> we um when i was out with uh worm rot mm-hmm. a few years ago it was uh worm rot and phobia and we played in some random bar mm-hmm. like, in like in the city part of it you know what i mean yeah and um not too like it was wasn't even that late and i was like yeah, i feel like maybe breaking away and getting a cup of coffee or a sandwich or something so i was like start walking around and there's just that vibe, man. Like you know, yeah. you're getting scoped out. Like someone's considering. Oh, yeah. They're thinking about maybe. It's the uh, whole city robbing though. you, man. It's even like we played the House of Blues once, and it's in a fine area. And the second we showed up, these dudes rolled out and they were fighting each other. Yeah, it was just like okay, it's it's like four thirty in the afternoon. It's like okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Shows are a little weird down in the world. We've I, I don't know if we've ever had a good show there. We have a good friend that lives down there. Yeah, and he's a he's a chef and he's one of the coolest guys he's he's actually did some vocals on our first record we used to play shows with his old band a long time ago but yeah he lives down there so like basically us playing new orleans is like an excuse to see him and it's cool because we've never really had a great show there we've played like a sports bar and Mm -hmm. yeah even we played at the house of blues with russian circles down there and that was one of the worst shows of the tour by far like and and they're like a big band yeah they're huge they can sell out like a thousand capacity places like yeah. And in New Orleans, it's like, they don't know. care. Yeah. Huh. Which is fine, whatever. Yeah. You know? That's another definite, uh, like, standout city. That New Orleans and Miami, for different reasons, mm-hmm. are probably my favorite places in the South. 
Yeah. You know, definitely. Even though I, I get nervous when I'm in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I had, like, a, a weapon somehow. Like, <laughs> some sort of gun on me or whatever. <laughs> Just to, I'd feel have, I have more peace of mind if I was down there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Mike, I appreciate you taking some time. I know, oh, yeah. you know, you got the show tonight and everything. Oh, and, yeah. you know, and, and you probably got stuff you got to get into. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for coming coming by, man. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's no problem, man. Really excited Whatsoever. to see you guys play tonight, man. I'm glad you are. Hope somebody is. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. There's gonna be people there, man. It'll be, it'll be a good show.